Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, February 23rd. I want to draw your attention to a new podcast that you can listen to, Heartbeat for Israel. The show is hosted by Sharon Sanders, co-founder and director of Christian Friends of Israel. She's lived in Israel for the last 25 years, building authentic and loving relationships with our Jewish brothers and sisters. Now you can listen to her teachings on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or SoundCloud. Just go to one of these podcast platforms and search for Heartbeat for Israel, and you will find the program there. She brings a unique and much-needed perspective to the table. Here are the titles of some of her teachings. What is the missing link in our faith? Buried in the sands of time. The Jewishness of Jesus. Jerusalem, the throne of the Lord. The red-letter words of Jesus. A paradox. The halt of history. We are partners and friends with this ministry. Please tune in each week and listen to Heartbeat for Israel, and soon you will sense a spiritual heartbeat for Israel. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Terumah, and it means offerings. Exodus twenty six thirty one to thirty seven. You shall make a curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarns and fine twisted linen. It shall have a design of cherubim worked into it. Hang it upon four posts of acacia wood overlaid with gold, and having hooks of gold set in four sockets of silver. Hang the curtain under the clasps, and carry the ark there, behind the curtain, so that the curtain shall serve you as a partition between the holy and the holy of holies. Place the cover upon the ark and the holy of holies. Place the table outside the curtain and the menorah by the south wall of the mishkan opposite the table, which is to be placed by the north wall. You shall make a screen for the entrance of the tent of blue, purple, and crimson yarns, and fine twisted linen done in embroidery. Make five posts of acacia wood for the screen, and overlay them with gold, their hooks being of gold, and cast for them five sockets of silver. Mark six thirty to 56 And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Yeshua, and told him all things, both what they had done and what they had taught. And he said to them, Come yourselves apart into a desert place, and rest a while. For there were many coming and going, and they had no leisure so much as to eat. 
and they departed into a desert place by ship privately. And the people saw them departing, and many knew him, and ran afoot thither out of all cities, and outwent them, and came together to him. And Yeshua, when he came out, saw many people, and was moved with compassion toward them, because they were as sheep, not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is far past. Send them away, that they may go into the country round about, and into the villages, and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said to them, Give them to eat. And they said to him, What shall we go and buy two hundred pennyworth of bread and give them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they knew, they said, Five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make them all sit down by companies upon the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the five loaves and the two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did eat all and were filled. And they took up twelve baskets full of the fragments and of the fishes. And they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And when he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary to them, and about the fourth watch of the night he came to them walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. And when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out, for they all saw him and were troubled. And immediately he talked with them and said to them, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased. And they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered. For they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret, and drew to the shore. And when they were coming out of the ship straightway, they knew him, and ran through that whole region round about, and began to carry about in beds those that were sick, where they heard he was. And wherever he entered, into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him, that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Psalm 40, 1-10 I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established 
my goings. And he has put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it, and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that makes the Lord his trust, and respects not the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts, which are toward us. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto you. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears have you opened. Burnt offering and sin offering have you not required. Then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Yes, your law, your Torah, is within my heart. I have preached righteousness in the great congregation. Lo, I have not refrained my lips, O Lord, you know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great congregation. Proverbs 10, 11, and 12 The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covers the mouth of the wicked. Hatred stirs up strifes, but love covers all sins. I want to speak to you today from the reading out of Mark chapter 6, but before we go there... Um, I just want to give a word of affirmation and encouragement to all of you who are listening regularly to Daily Audio Torah. So, it is an awesome thing to be in the Word on a daily basis. And what it does is it renews our mind. And if you think of your mind like a big bucket, a container, And we're constantly taking in input. And we live in this world, and what can happen is we take in the input from television, from the media, from the mainstream media, from Twitter and Facebook and um, sports, commercials. It's a lot of programming. And I've actually gotten to the point where I really do not watch television at all. And let me tell you, I used to be addicted. It was my way of zoning out after coming home from work and being exhausted. I would just turn on the the tube and, and just, you know, watch a certain show or whatever. And I just don't do that anymore. There's a reason why they call it programs, because they're basically programming you. And it's done with a great deal of skill. And with all the advertisements and commercials, et cetera, et cetera. And of course, the mainstream news is totally biased. It's got an agenda, and it's not a godly agenda at all. So I do listen to uh, select podcasts, uh, certain programs where I believe I can receive some truth about what's really going on. But other than that, when you're in the Word, you're being programmed with truth, and with love, and with righteousness, and with 
the thoughts of God himself. And the more you're in the word, better. Um, there used to be a time when I was really a news junkie, and I was in the news quite a bit every day, and I was reporting the news on a daily basis. And let me tell you, being in the news, whether you're in the um, um, alternative news media or even in the mainstream, it's crawling in the cesspools and in the sewers of the world because it's a lot of bad news, a lot of bad news, and a lot of deception, a lot of lies and propaganda. And it's not good for our soul. It's not good for our spirit. Now, I'm not going to be swinging to the other side of the pendulum and stick my head in the sand like a, you know, an ostrich. I do want to know what's going on. And I do still report the news, but only once a week, not every day. So I still need to be in the news. But here's the principle. If you spend more time in the news than you spend in the word, you're out of balance. You should spend at least as much time in the Word as you are in the news, if not more time in the Word. So I know I am greatly blessed myself personally to be reading the Word of God every single day. It, it renews my mind and it puts the thoughts of God in my heart and in my spirit. And I pray that it's a huge blessing to you as well, because we are fighting a culture war and an information war, and the enemy wants to captivate us and bring us into his camp. And one of the primary ways that he does that is with indoctrination, propaganda, with information that isn't really information, it's propaganda. So I just commend you for being in the word on a regular basis, every single day. And, you know, if you miss a day or two, don't beat yourself up about it. Just keep on going forward. Just keep going forward and make it a priority to be in the Word because it is the plumb line of truth. And this is what guards us and protects us from deception. And let me tell you, there's a strong spirit of delusion that has been loosed and released upon this world. And a lot of people are affected by it. Loved ones, family members, even fellow believers I've seen have become captive to this spirit of delusion. And it is an evil spirit. And the best way to safeguard ourselves and to protect ourselves from being deluded and deceived is to be in the Word on a daily basis. Okay, now let's get into today's reading, and I want to jump into Mark chapter 6, and in this chapter we see the feeding of the 5,000, and there is some, um, there's a message in what is happening here. So the message is, there's a hidden message, a, a remez message, a sowed message, a hidden message that we want to decode, and the message is not so much what Yeshua says as what Yeshua does. We have to look at his actions, and then from those actions we can look at what is the message that he is saying through those actions. It's a prophetic message based upon his actions. So they're out in a wilderness place, and the people are hungry. He's been teaching them. He's moved with compassion because he sees that they are like scattered sheep without a shepherd. And so he teaches them, and then it's late in the day, and the people are hungry. 
and the disciples come to him and say, let's send them on home so we can move on and they can go get some food. And he goes, well, how many loaves of bread do you have? And they said, well, we have five loaves and two fish. And so he has all the people sit down in groups. He breaks the five loaves and the two fishes, and he looks up to heaven and blesses them, breaks the loaves, and gives them to the disciples to um, to distribute amongst the people. What is the significance of five loaves? Why five? And not two, or twelve, or nine? Why five loaves? The five loaves of bread represent the first five books of the Bible. It's called the Pentateuch, or in some terms, people would call it the Torah, although when I say the word Torah, I mean the whole entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. But some people, when they use that word Torah, they're talking about the first five books. Um, so the five loaves represent the first five books of the Bible. Yeshua said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. He also said, I am the bread of life. And, the, and he you know, told his disciples, you are to eat of my flesh. In other words, eat my, eat the bread that I have to give you. They, he did not mean literally eat my flesh. It was the bread. The word of God is the bread of life. So the five loaves represent the first five books. What about the two fish? Why two fish and not nine or three? Why two fish? Because the fish represents the northern and the southern kingdom. There was once one kingdom, and then there was a kingdom split, Rehoboam and Jeroboam. Um, and the two tribes of the south were under Rehoboam, that's Judah, and the ten tribes of the north were under Jeroboam, the ten tribes of the north, and that's known as the house of Israel or Ephraim. So the two fish represent the northern and the southern kingdom. And then afterwards, after the people ate, there were leftovers. And the disciples picked up the leftovers, and they picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. Why 12 and not 14 or 19? Why 12? Because the 12 baskets represent the 12 tribes of Israel. In other words, the whole house of Israel, all 12 tribes. It also represents the 12 tribes are the 12 apostles. So in the kingdom, in Revelation, when we see the heavenly Jerusalem, we have 12 gates and we have 12 foundations. And the 12 gates are the 12 tribes. The 12 foundations are the 12 apostles. So the number 12 is the number of government. And so that's what those numbers have a deeper meaning for. And Yeshua is also saying through his actions, I want you to teach the people all of the Torah, not just the Noahide laws, but they are to study all of the Torah. It's for all of the people. It's for the northern and for the southern kingdom. Feed my sheep, he said to Peter. And he says, don't just feed them just the Noahide laws, but they're to get the whole enchilada, the whole counsel of the word of God, all of it. Not just the New Testament either, but all of the word of God. So that's what 
uh, the deeper meaning is of this uh, story, of this uh, feeding of the 5,000. Now, finally, I want to jump into Proverbs chapter 10 and look at verse 12. Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sins. So that's a beautiful principle, and I want to share a little bit about how I've applied that principle in my own life recently. So sometimes in families, there can be drama. There can be relationships that are strained and um, people who in a family system become unforgiving and have offenses and become bitter. And so I'm not going to go into details, but recently I gathered with some of my family over the holidays back in December, and um, some of the family members were unable to gather because there was a very bad storm and the roads were like an ice skating rink, and so they couldn't make it. And so this caused some strife and some friction. And um, a couple of the family members became offended with me. And there was a rejection that happened. And so initially, this really, really hurt. We're human. And when you are rejected by somebody you love, it really hurts. But the challenge is, what I knew to do was to pray it through and to take this to the Lord and to walk in grace and in forgiveness. And so what do you do when someone is unkind and unloving to you? (laughs) Well, Yeshua calls us to, to walk in the opposite spirit that do not repay evil for evil or insult for insult. Um, but what this proverb is telling us is, you know, um, when there's hatred, if you respond in kind with hatred, it's going to create more strife. It's going to be wood to the fire. Love covers all sins. And so um, I'll make this analogy. Back in the 1960s, there was the Cuban Missile Crisis, and there was a very good movie made about this crisis. It's called Seven Days in May. If you've never seen it, it's a really great film. Seven Days in May. And in this movie, it really goes into the details of this crisis. It was a terrible crisis between the U.S. and Russia. And they had a couple of nukes parked out on Cuba, far too close to American shores. And it became a a nuclear missile crisis, and people were really wondering, are we going to have a World War III? Is is Russia going to set those missiles off and, and, and take out a couple of cities with nukes? So how the Kennedy administration diffused this crisis is amazing, and it applies this principle from Proverbs. So Robert Kennedy, who was working for his brother, John Kennedy, um, had this brilliant idea of let's work through a back channel because the main channels were closed. They weren't even talking to each other. But let's work through a back room channel, a back channel, and reach out to someone on on the other side and, um, you know, have a conversation with them and say, hey, we really want to resolve this. We don't want to have a war with you. Let's make a compromise. Let's, you know, you, you take your nukes off of Cuba and, and we'll do this for you. And so um, they had that meeting and then they got like a, I don't know if it's a telegram or some kind of a, a, a message back from Russia. And it was very belligerent and angry and, you know, 
sounding like they didn't get the message or they ignored the message, you know, and that they're ready to go to war. And so Robert Kennedy, uh, who is, I think, like functioning as the Secretary of State for his brother, John Kennedy, um, he, he said, you know, we're going to just act like that never came through. We're going to ignore that warlike message that came through because we don't even know who sent it. It might not even be the president or the leader. It could be one of the generals that is a a military hawk and really wants to go to war. We're just going to ignore that message and we're going to proceed as though we have a deal. And so another backroom meeting happened with their, uh, you know, contact from the other side and and they proceeded with negotiations to to defuse this crisis and the fact that they ignored that military um message that was very you know warlike in its in tone is what really turned the tide they ignored it and it's very much the principle of Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers all sin. So we can choose to be offended. Let's make this personal now, not um, between two nations, but in in a family member situation. We can choose to be offended and stay offended and stay hurt and add wood to the fire, or we can ignore the bad behavior forgive it in our prayer closet, forgive that person, pray grace and mercy uh, over them and ask God to give you his grace of forgiveness to forgive this person and continue to show and um, demonstrate unconditional love. No matter what, even with their worst behavior, I'm going to show unconditional love consistently. I may not even feel it, I may be still hurt and even angry with that person, but I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to show unconditional love, no matter what. Throw your worst at me. You can tar and feather me. You can, you know, all of that. But I'm going to show unconditional love because that's what Yeshua would do. And so this is what can extinguish the fires of a conflict. Love is like the water that puts out the fire. And so eventually, the prayer is that God will soften that other person's heart. And that they will begin to think about, now why is this person always consistently showing me love when I treat them so badly? And it, it, can ca- it may cause a change of heart. It may not person may never repent. They may never get over their issues. But we've done the right thing. I so wish and pray that how Robert Kennedy handled the Cuban Missile Crisis back in the 60s would be something that could happen today, because we are now on the verge of a World War III, because we have been poking the Russian bear and provoking the Russian bear with the Russia-Ukraine conflict. And uh, instead of trying to de-escalate the situation, uh, our leaders are making things much worse. So all of these things God knows, and he is sovereign, and we are trusting in him to protect 
and to bless his remnant flock. So may you be one who uses love to cover all sins. Have a blessed day. Adonai Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24 to 26. Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>